to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 9. 10. What? Where am I missing one out? I'm missing it every week. No, because... I'm not counting the little episodes, am I? No, and you need to count them. 6, 7, 8, yeah. Fucked it again, Oliver. Episode 10. The Conjuring. Yeah, The Conjuring. One of your favourites. Is it Is it episode 9? I hope, I hope you haven't just fucked me over there. We're, we're just fact-checking this, because I... I thought it's ten. This is the tenth episode, I think. I'm not even listening to our podcast. Are you counting the introductory episode as one? Yeah, episode nine, The Loser Club. Right. So it's episode ten. Episode ten. Right, we can edit that out, that's fine. Just leave it in. I'm sure they'll love to hear it. I'm sure <laughs> Yara will love to hear it. Our one viewer. Uh, the Conjuring, one of your favourites. I absolutely love this film. I always... You, you'll remember, I always used to turn my nose up at it. You I don't, a fan. I, yeah, I don't know why, because I never I watched the second one, uh, which was okay. No, it was good, it was it was decent. I like the second one. But I think Insidious takes a cake for me, uh, compared to Conjuring's. See, I prefer the Conjuring because I think Insidious gets silly. I've what Insidious have I seen up to? I've seen first one, second one, the last the the key the key, is that one? The last the key. The last yeah, key. Last key or something like that. I think I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen all of them though. How many is there? God, I don't know. I think there's five now. I've seen one, two, definitely. I've seen the last key, whichever one that is, because that's one where Maybe the demon four. pops Maybe up again four. at the end. There's one yeah, where she's in like a three. home. Don't there's think I've seen she, There's three. one where she breaks her legs. No, I think three's I think the I've one where one. she breaks her legs, and then it's the guy with the mask on his face. Well, anyway, that's yeah. nothing to do with today's. And episode. we're back on the Conjuring. So yeah, I really love this film. It's probably. I mean, Scream is my top slasher, but this is probably my top paranormal film. I just uh, love it. It it was good, yeah. I'm not I'm not slating it. It was a really good film, but I, it doesn't stand out for me. And well, not that it doesn't stand out, but it doesn't fit in. Like it fits in well with that umbrella of uh, paranormal. Yeah. Uh, like demonic possessions. Uh, it's definitely one of the better ones, but it's not like a standout film for me in terms of horror as a whole. Yeah, I mean, see, I love The Conjuring universe, so I love the whole backstory around it. How many Conjurings are there? There's Conjuring Annabelle, two. Conjuring 2. That's the only one. I mean, you've got the spin-off, so Annabelle, but Annabelle, Annabelle still Annabelle ties three. in with it, doesn't it? Not really. Really? You can you can watch The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 without Lorraine thinking about... Thingy in it? Oh, yeah, it's got Evan Lorraine in it. No, first one doesn't, only the clip of Annabelle at the beginning is in the Annabelle film but Annabelle comes home which is the third one that's got Ed and Lorraine in it because right. it, focus it focuses in on their daughter Judy right well but yeah I, I love the whole universe I think it's fantastic and it for me it is it is one of my top favourite paranormal films if not the favourite it was good I'll give it that yeah so while we're talking about Annabelle let's start with the opening scene so it's Annabelle the doll now I always I always wonder about this because I personally feel like that Annabelle doll you won't fucking buy it. Like if you saw that in a shop, you would be like, no. Yeah, but you look at you look at the dolls back in them times. They were popular. That's what kids had. Like your your generation probably had Barbies, but there's before they were the norm, weren't they? All kids had them I types don't of dolls. Know. There was definitely definitely not, not that creepy ass doll. Like that. That's only creepy because it's been in a flat. I find any doll like that creepy, regardless of what it looks like. No, I don't think it stands. It. Like, yeah, because you've seen it in a horror film. Yeah, but it looks like a typical scary doll, and that's what I didn't like about it because the actual Raggedy Ann Annabelle doll is not scary at all. Yeah, and but so I, th- that's I think what... they had to amplify it to make it look creepy. See, I don't know. I don't know whether they were allowed to use that doll or use the brand of that doll. But I don't think that doll looks I, I i think personally it would have been a business up a, like a business decision because the annabelle ragdoll isn't scary it which is what makes it scary in real life because it's enough to look at it you wouldn't think oh that's that's a demonic toy but it's a creepy little bitch what the ragdoll yeah it just stares unblinkingly at you no i don't I, think that's but a that, scary but doll. that doll is so the the dolly they used in the film is so obviously scary that it's like yeah well you won't fucking buy it anyway 
Yeah, but I think you have to do it like that because it's, it's what audiences want. They want to be scared. Yeah. All right, I suppose. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I wish I was Lorraine Warren. I just want to be Lorraine Warren. In my life. I, no, I don't want to be the actual Lorraine Warren, A, because she's dead, and B, because they were a bit, they were fakes. But the film, Ed and Lorraine Warren, they are absolute goals. They're just so cute. Yeah, it ties into the fact that that's what they want. They want you to have this like horrible side of the film where everything's going wrong, but then there's that breath of fresh air when it's... And they are. They're yeah, so cute. They're good, and Patrick Wilson couple. could get it. He is the most beautiful man on film. I am putting it down here right now. Christ. He is beautiful. She's pretty, but he is a beautiful man. Not too keen on I the side I don't think you'd look, look at him twice if you, if you went past him the street. No, he's quite dishy. You've got to remember, he's as Ed Warren... So he's got like the beefy sideburns and stuff like that, but he, you know what? Because he's in Insidious as well. Yeah, but I don't think you'd look at you'd look he at him twice in the street though. He's a snack. Yes, I would. Stop telling me your own preference. If he was if he was walking down the street, he would sweep me off my feet. I'm, I'm not buying you. into that one. No, I. I think it's just because he's in a is a he's in a, he's in a, it's a film. Movie. <laughs> no, he's, a, he's an actor. He's a movie. No, star, it's not. He? I just think he's good looking. I thought he was good looking since I first saw him in Hard Candy, and that was like twelve years ago. That's a good film. We should watch that at some point. Is it a horror? Uh, it's sort of like a psychological horror. It's like a Silence of the Lambsy sort of thing. Well, we'll probably get to but, it. At yeah, some point. it is pretty good. So you've got the Annabelle doll, and there's the story about Annabelle and how she sort of ended up being bought by one of the nurses' mothers, and so things started happening in the house where they were all living in the student accommodation, and this doll like said, you know, I just, I just want a friend. I just want somebody to love me. And these nurses were like, we're nurses, we help people. So we thought, yeah, you can stay. You can stay in my creepy-ass doll shell. And then shit goes down and everything starts kicking off because they've invited her to stay in this vessel. I think they call it a conduit. I think that's what they call the vessel of Annabelle because we learn in the Annabelle universe, which is part of the Conjuring universe, that it was actually Annabelle, a girl who died when she would like join this cult and she ended up stabbing this mother... And then Annabelle died and her blood was like spilled into the doll's eye and that's what created Annabelle. Right. So that's where it came from. But the Warrens then tell them that, you know, it's not, it's because you invited her in that all these troubles getting caused. So they take her away. And it's just giving a little bit of a backstory about the doll and it's mainly actually a clip because it, they're in sort of a lecture theatre. Yeah. And they're talking about what they do and... You know, they're demonologists and things like that. And the very uh, what I like about it is they're very well aware that they're not believed. They they never go around trying to prove that ghosts are real to yeah. everybody. They're sort of sought after, well, aren't pe- they? Yeah, people have attended their class. They haven't, like, people have wanted to go there. And the, the auditoriums are always full. Yeah, I, you know what? If I, Regardless of whether it was the film Ed and Lorraine Warren or the actual Ed and Lorraine Warren they were alive, I'd have loved to go see something like that that's something that was really interesting the problem is the evidence that they have that 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 f- world is very make-believe because no one's got as compelling as a, evidence as what they do in real life because you look at the footage and that that they've got it clearly shows that there's something mm. not like something paranormal whereas there's no evidence in today's day and age i think that's compelling enough to that where a room full of people could be like wow ghosts are actually real spirits are real yeah i just i think i'd like to go for the experience and i'd love to hear what they had to say on things i'd be really interested it's something that I'd quite like to listen to. Yeah, I would. But we are then... So it's just introducing them as Ed and Lorraine Warren, then you get the opening title screens, and we are introduced to the Perrin family. So there are there's Roger, Carolyn, and then five daughters, I believe, with the eldest... I can't remember her name, but the youngest is called April. And then there's all kids in between. I didn't know that Joey King was in this film. And oh. I've watched this film a lot. I don't know who that is. She played the one that got her feet pulled and could smell the bad smell and she thought something oh, was going yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I recognise her off something. You know, um, we were on about Munchausen's by proxy in the act. No. It was last week when we were on about, I think it was Eddie and it, and his mother had Munchausen's. Oh, right. Yeah, and you said, oh, it's like that TV show. Oh, yeah, She plays her, Gypsy, yeah. yeah. And I didn't realise that. Uh, and I was quite surprised. She was really good in it. So they're all moving into this new house and from the outskirts, like this house is absolutely gorgeous. It's sort of, it's got a foresty background. I wouldn't say it was remotely spooky. It all, doesn't look... All haunted houses look good though. Like they yeah, look they good do. to live in. They do. Which because obviously if you if you look like uh, Pennywise's house, you'd be like, well, fuck living in that. Like, no, no one's... <laughs> fuck 
Oh, the Myers house when it's when it's been abandoned. abandoned. Yeah, you'd think, yeah, fuck living in that. No one's gonna want to move into that. So I think, but yeah, it's your, I, I put down it's your typical house, your, your typical horror house. Because a, a good horror house should just look like a nice house. Yeah, it's, that's the point. It's, it's what's inside the, the walls that are, that are the scare factor. Yeah, and it looks really nice. It's it's beautiful, it's big, and it must have cost quite a lot of money. Now, I know this because I've read the book that um, Andrea Perrin wrote, and she actually got, the, like the house was practically bankrupted the family to buy and they got it for a really good deal and there was something to do with an old farmhouse attached to the side of it as well but carolyn later says to roger her husband you know thank you for making this step thank you for doing this with me and it shows the idea that they've risked a lot and it also sets the idea that they're now very trapped inside that house because there's nowhere for them to go yeah and i quite liked that they featured that so they're all going in and Sadie the dog refuses to go in and she she's barking and growling and she doesn't want to go into the house and you know spoiler say no to dog deaths yeah did Isn't... you know that there's a there's a website called like it's something like does the dog die.com and you can put in any film title and it tells you if the dog dies that's it. a brilliant website because i just don't think that dogs need to die in film no they don't it was sad i've never seen well maybe is it i am legend i think yeah where the dog dies that's no yes yeah the, it is yeah. uh what's his name will smith, will smith yeah that had an impact on the film but that dog if that dog would have survived that film would have been the exact same yeah but i understand why they do it but at it's the, same the time, idea there's, there's no something sinister going yeah. on but yeah they could have just had the crow breaking its neck of the dog. Nobody, or, or nobody like, gives a shit don't about show crows. the dog. I don't want to see the dog. Yeah. If it's that, if it's gonna, like, don't show the dog dead on the floor. Yeah. It's just unnecessary. Okay. Sorry. And I then put, I put you on your soapbox a bit there, didn't I? Then, you want me to pass you the tissues? I've got this down now, but it, it. I think there's another scene where you see Annabelle in the box at this point, but it's just a cut scene. Um, but I'll bring it up now. Cause I spoke about it earlier. When I when I was watching it, I just thought. She's like, when there was like, oh, how do you keep him trapped inside, blah, blah, blah. She's only in a bloody glass box, but then later on in the film, she escapes it. Yeah. I was thinking, if this powerful, this demon's as powerful as you say it is, and, and so, like, able to to have an effect on other people, why the fuck is it just in a glass case? So it's, in explained in the Annabelle series, it's in Annabelle Comes Home, I believe, which is the best one out of all the Annabelles. They it's been blessed it gets blessed every month by a priest and like all oh, this thing goes into it so it's not just a glass box and i know it says that in the film they say in the film that it Did gets, they? Blessed, oh, right. it gets blessed every month but even then i thought fuck me if it's that powerful just get get something a bit more a bit more reassuring than a glass box yeah very true i won't even want to look at it i want to keep it but then again, I suppose <laughs> don't you, want to look at it then again, i suppose you can't see if it's still in there if it's not not transparent yeah so that was a little bit ahead but not massively all we get in that time is that April finds a weird musical box and it's got that, it's got yeah, this song in it. Toy. Yeah, you, creepy you, toy. Yeah, creepy toy. We cliche. know shit's going down. Creepy toy. And also, fucking hell, who decided, to, who decided hide and go clap was a wise move in a new house? May I ask? Yeah, I've got down later on. Shall we uh, play it? No. Right. It's scary as fuck. Like, it's a scary, what, when you've got the... a fucking open wardrobe right there, you want to have the bollocks but, to play No, it. I didn't, oh my God, Oliver, why have you just done that? Why have you planted that in my head? Well, I was just the other one recommending to play it. You're gonna have to cover it up with something. I'm gonna have to cover it tonight. I'm gonna have to use one of my many blankets. I I wish I'd like. Oh no, you don't. I wish I'd like a Google Nest I could leave in there, (laughs) play clap, and you just hear clapping from in there. Yeah, you'd watch me move out immediately. Looks quite similar to the drawing. Oliver, stop it. So yeah, that game is scary as fuck. That that is one of my my favourite scenes from the film. The the clap scenes, all several because this film, like, it's weird because. I don't like cheap jump scares in horror, which I suppose you could argue that these are. But at the same time, I think they're really, they're really well built up to. Like it's not just, it's not just a, a two minute scene where you think something's going to happen. It goes really quiet and bangs and it happens. Yeah. It builds up suspense and it goes from point A to point B to point C, where it, where you think oh, I'm safe now. No, I'm not. It's carrying on. Yeah. So. I I think you're really right about that, and I like the fact that everything in this film seems to be in it for a reason, yeah. apart from Sadie dying, obviously. But every single little thing links into something else later so for instance hide and go clap we get the scare scene later but also it's what introduces us to the basement anyway because it was boarded up yeah and there's loads of junk down in the cellar so we know from that that nothing was nothing happened by accident yeah but that's i love that about the insidious series like because in the first film when josh is walking around and he goes for the door 
and then I, is it the second one where you're back you're yeah. back in that scene and you're watching set the alarm you're watching off, josh in he? the further is it called yeah you're watching josh in the further guide himself to it and you just my mind was blown watching that yeah, that but that's a good. different film for a different day but i do love insidious. we will do insidious at some point because i really enjoy insidious i just think it was sillier than the contract as it got on as it got further on yeah as but soon I've, as they hit the further and there were like all these people roaming around and they started coming out like the cutlery drawers and stuff like that. It lost it a little bit for me there, but I see did... that's what turns me off. Paranormal activity is I think they get silly, but Insidious, I, I do I, enjoy. I and the musical score in Insidious is so much. Probably, Can we stop talking about the best Insidious? In any film. It's going to be a blend. Then you are right. After that, we've got the dog dying, unfortunately. But then Ed and Lorraine's little old demon house, which they've got the little, you know just in my cellar. There's a sofa in my cellar there's a piano in my cellar there's about a hundred demonic possessions i'd be buzzing if i found all that shit in in the cellar what they found well they used to give tours what do you mean like people used to pay to go in into the in real life people used to pay to go into the warrens no place. no i didn't i didn't mean that yeah I'd, I'd go see that but i meant the shit they found in the basement of the house like they're all creeped out you'd by be it. fucking buzzed you'd be yeah, like yes i bet I there's some this. fucking expensive stuff in there yeah and they're just like oh yeah it's a lot of old junk if, if you ignore I? the demons and you're laughing at and you. also i'm not being funny but they've just said that the house bankrupted them so you know a little bit of extra here and there and you'd think the real estate agent should be getting sacked if he didn't realize there was a basement in the in the house also that's very a good true. selling point then you so you've got ed and lorraine's little old demon house and we we learned that the annabelle doll leads them on to talking about different things so he say the the guy says to the report ed says to the reporter don't touch anything even the toy monkey is not a toy monkey and they end up discussing briefly something about performing exorcisms and ed's like no i haven't performed an exorcism but i've assisted on many and they start talking about lorraine and something happened to lorraine because she's upstairs with her daughter judy and she's brushing through her hair and getting addressed and it's a really cute scene but she looks very fragile and very broken in that scene and Ed's asking her if she's okay, yes if she wants a cup of tea and we learn later on and this is what I love about it through the first film we never find out what Lorraine saw in that exorcism scene when the guy who was possessed grabbed hold of her and stared mm. into her eyes and then she just started screaming we never find out what happened to her in the first scene, in the first film and it leads on and in the second film we learn that she saw Ed die she saw the nun yeah and yeah and it's I, oh, I just love how it blends together and i always wonder does like james one like plan this does he plan the second before he plans yeah, the first yeah I, I, I think they must do to to be able to go back like that if it, if it was if it wasn't planned that far in advance then you'd you'd know because it'd just be it doesn't feel forced it feels like that was a plan all along yeah and i think that's something you can't fabricate like if you if you're coming up with something just just for the sake of coming up with an idea it, it will always show. And if you're a writer and you... Say you're a writer and you're writing a... I don't know, a, let's just say in your example, a Scream sequel. Yeah. You get to the end and think, and then all this could happen after. Mm. And you even if it was just jotting down notes to like the way you could carry on continuity throughout the series. No, definitely. You've always got them notes there so you can always tie it in. I don't think I don't think writers get to the end of like uh, writing a script and then shut it and be like, right, that's it, done until they yeah. ask me for a sequel. They'll just... They'll probably write, write three or four in the mind and have it's all these just, ideas about it's it. It's insane. I would argue that James Wan is up there with Wes Craven, Stanley Kubrick. In terms of horror, he's incredible. I mean, he did all the Insidious series. He's done all the Conjurings, all the Annabelles, aside from the new Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, that's coming out next year. He's handed the torch over. He's been there through some of the filming, but he's not actually the director of this one. So I'm a bit nervous as to where that's going to go. But back to the original, where it all started. We cut back to the parent house and it's nighttime. And then we've got there's like this strange smell in the bedroom, but she doesn't she doesn't pick up on it as much on the first night because mm. we get two nights with them both sleeping in bed. The first night we see sort of like a little jolt and she thinks something smells, but then we don't get much more than that. Then we go cut downstairs to Roger, who's working downstairs and the TV's on, so all the white noise is blurring. And he keeps hearing three knocks. We also note that the clock stop. That's seven past seven three. minutes past three, I think, yeah. every night without fail. So he keeps hearing this knocking at the door, and he hears it then from upstairs. And so he goes upstairs, and it's the elder daughter's like, you know, you need to come and get Cindy. She's sleepwalking again, and Cindy is 
knocking ahead. Don't get any ideas. Didn't say anything. You bring it on yourself. I can see you eyes glimmering. I didn't. With the hope. Of shitting me up. You're tonight. thinking about it now. Yeah, I know because I, I keep I'm also a fucking job on to walk past you without you fucking noticing me and then start banging my head on the be, wardrobe. I'm not gonna be funny, but I'm asleep like the dead, so you could probably get away with it. In fact, you could probably be banging your head against the wardrobe for a solid ten minutes before I wake up. I can guarantee you, I won't. I'm, I'll be catching up on sleep, not fucking <laughs> banging my head off your wardrobe at fucking three past seven in the morning, or vice versa. Seven I'm catching up on sleep three. as I said, seven minutes past three. <laughs> so. He gently like moves ahead, so we know that it's not an uncommon occurrence for Cindy to sleep. What we learned, she's done it before. So he just sort of like guides ahead with his hand and then takes her back to her room. And there's nothing really said about that or anything else. We see that what's her name, Carolyn, is getting bruises, and I'm not being funny. I know like iron deficiency causes bruises, but the state of that one yeah. on her arm, you would know if you'd got a bruise like that. <laughs> see, I, I wondered at this point i think later on in the film i learned that this wasn't the case but i put our bruises left from when a demon's trying to possess a human they're trying to get inside the body um and that's leaving bruises but they're unsuccessful but then later on in the film you find out the three stages are something oppression, oppression something and then possession so i don't think unless a demon's just trying to possess too early and that's why it's well no bruises. i like that theory because if you remember at the end when it's trying, when it's starting the, yeah, the to, bruises clear off, they clear up at the end when she's been like resolved of the demon. Yeah. So yeah, that could fit. That's not a completely out there theory. So mum's getting bruises quite badly, and Roger, I love Roger in this film because he fucking believes them. First dad yeah. ever in a horror film to believe what's going on. See, I, I like, I like that they do that because normally, um, when you're watching a film like this or just anything paranormal, really. And someone doesn't believe them. You in because you as an audience can see all this stuff happening. You think just fucking believe them. So it's frustrating. So when the whole family's on board, you've not in this Straight film. Straight away on this film in this film, you've got no one to hate. You don't want any anything no. to happen to anyone. Really, no one's got a dislikable character. Yeah. So you yeah, it was good that there was all on board with it. Yeah, and he was they were believed, and I like that. So the girls are at school. She's waving them off. Roger's gone to work. So it's just the mum, Carolyn, and the youngest daughter, April. So Carolyn goes up to April's room and she hears her talking and she asks and says, who are you talking to? And April then goes, oh, it's my friend Rory. And would you like to see him? And so she twirls the music box. And I really like this scene because it is sort of that on edge shit. Is she going to see something? Is she going to see something? And she's looking and it's going a bit cloudy. So it's like something's trying to come through. Yeah. But she can't quite see it. And then April pops up behind her and startles her before she can do anything else so then she asks if we can they can play hide and go clap her mum's sort of reluctant but she does so anyway she gets spun around 10 times and april goes off to hide so there's a clap coming so they can ask is it for three claps three before claps. they find them so she says the first clap and then finds her in the bedroom asks for the second clap goes into the bedroom and then asks for the third clap and then out the wardrobe come this pair of hands that just go and oh my god, my ass cheeks clenched, my toes clenched. The first I was time like, you watched oh, it. You know what? Even now, it makes me cringe. It this film still frightens me. I didn't watch the wardrobe scene at the top of the wardrobe because I cannot look at that face. Freaks the fuck really? out of me. Really, I think it's quite a weak, a weak looking oh, demon. It terrifies me. Absolutely. Terrifies I think it's me. one of the weakest ones I've seen. Bathsheba. That's what she's called. Bathsheba. Yeah, I I got down somewhere not the scariest looking demon i think i think i saw the second well before i saw the first fully and valak did a, you yeah and Val valak is a scary fucking see i don't think valak's scary i think he is she is he is it's a demon we don't really know yeah. what it is it poses as a nun but it's not a nun yeah i i think he was like pretty scary i think not really back to insidious but we're talking about demons i think the insidious demons scary face of fire fuck. is the worst fucking that thing is I've ever seen so in scary and all it is is fucking face pain that haunted it's me. just the hair and everything yeah it's a, that scene the long fingers that, that scene mm. where he's half behind josh yeah, yeah. and he pops up because you know, they're me. talking about him when he's a child that, uh, that was one of the worst right we're not we're not talking why about are it we doing this because i fucking we love do that it film. every time it is a good film the thing is insidious and uh, the Conjuring are quite comparable films yeah, because essentially the two different dimensions is that one's got a further one has it, but it's it's a similar type yeah. of film and they both have universes surrounding them as yeah, well so, so it, it, they're yeah. comparable films which is why we keep going back to them yeah I really enjoy it so 
then we go we cut back to Ed and Lorraine and there there's like a really cute oh god I just I just want to know them they're just so cute so they go to they're at the chicken bit they have chickens apparently and Ed goes over and he says the priest wants us to go look at a house and I'm gonna go over and Lorraine says well I'm coming as well and they have this whole cute scene of like you know on our wedding night what did you say and he's like can we do it again <laughs> and I thought it was cute and then she says God brought us together for a reason and it wasn't to write a book yeah. so they end up going to this house and I really liked this scene because it shows that they are not desperate to hunt for the paranormal now whether this was how Ed and Lorraine Warren were in real life I don't, I don't know, know I don't remember the scene you're talking about do you not? so they end up going to this house in the attic and they go up to the attic and Lorraine says, does it sound like this, the sounds? And Ed presses down and the house makes like a really weird creaking noise. And like, yeah, that's the sound. And it's water from the pipes. Right. If this random house and they're like, you know. So they're debunking it. Yeah, they right. debunk it. I think I didn't it. remember it nicely. And the that. couple are like, oh, so it's not haunted. And like, it very rarely is. And yeah. so I like this part. From what I've read about Ed and Lorraine Warren, and I don't like to read a lot because they seem quite far from the truth of the film, which is, I know I know that they have to present them as Based a perfect a power story. couple. But, you know, it, they weren't the best couple in real life. And they were known as kooks. They were known as scam artists. So, actually, a, uh, ruins my life because they're just too precious. They in should, the film, they precious, should have been Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, you asked it yesterday. You said, are, are they a couple in real life? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because their chemistry I'm, is just. I'm sure there was, there was some. I watched a film, I'm sure it was a horror film where there was a couple in real life. And I Might thought it was that one. No, it's not that one. But they have such chemistry on screen. And they're really good to watch. But they debunk this theory. And then we get... We cross back to the Perrin family again. And I quite like the parallels. So we get short scenes of Ed and Lorraine. And then you you are right. It's sort of like that light in all the dark. Because yeah. things are really starting to go wrong at the Perrin house. So Carolyn is busy folding up laundry. And fuck me, is that a lot of laundry? Imagine having five kids. Mm. But then I think back in them days, you are a housewife. Like, that gives you something to do during the I day. I know, but fuck that. I whine when, we, when I had to iron Eloise's uniform when she was back at school. Never mind wearing, like, five pairs of stuff. No. <laughs> anyway, they she hears clapping, and she assumes that the girls haven't gone to bed yet, and she's like, guys, come on, it's late. Goes out and looks around, and then she looks into the girls' room, doesn't see anything, but is disturbed because all the photos hanging on the wall just crashed to the yeah. floor. This made me jump. If you saw on our Instagram feed, uh, on the sto- on our story on Monday night, you'll have seen mum watching it with us. She joined us uh, on an iPad. So she was sitting on her iPad and watching the film with us. And she jumped so hard yeah. at this bit. And she went, fucking hell. It was so good. There's there's quite a... F- I think I got, ma- I, I got scared a couple of times in that film. I got a few jump scares. Um, you but I did, I did something that wasn't even scary. Yeah, at one but point. I, I, the thing is, I didn't feel cheated out of them. I didn't feel like you didn't deserve me to be scared. I think that's what jump scares are. They've got to earn the right to make you yeah. make you jump. And this one didn't. Yeah, the right. there, there was, was there was no jump scare in that one. I thought there, there was no need for that. What was the point? So she ends up going downstairs, and the door to the basement sort of creaks open, and she goes downstairs, and she's sort of like edging out. She doesn't actually get to go downstairs before she's pushed down yeah. them. She's in a lot of pain. I feel really bad for Carolyn in this movie. She, she definitely gets got. The fuck out of them, she? she definitely got beaten up, and she sort of sits up. She's all dazed and confused. I don't know why she didn't break her neck, and like she turns the light. The, well, the light's already on. Or she turns the light on, and she's sort of looking around and seeing what's going on. And then a ball comes flying out and rolls across the floor and that freaks the fuck out of her so she as it would yeah. so she runs up the stairs light bulb pops and she's in the pitch black and the door's shut and she can't get out and this is the bit that always scares me and i know it's coming but i never really, know exactly really well, when it a, comes well, it's a really well thought out scene isn't it so she she lights the match and she's sort of looking around darting around in the dark and then the match goes out and it all at this point, the tension is building because you're thinking, fucking hell, she's going to light another one up and it's going to be there. But she lights it up, it's still pitch black and it's silent. And then you just hear, hey, want to play hide and go clap? And then these two hands come out of nowhere and double clap. See, <gasps> I personally, I think that, hey, want to play hide and, hide and go clap. I think it would have been scary without that in. So it just... 
it, the hands what? just pop out and clap. I would die, to be fair. I think that would be a lot more... Because the Hague, I'm trying to hear, it kind of gives it away that something else is there. I just... It's still un, it's still a really good scene, but... Yeah, that would have... Because it would have come out of nowhere, I suppose, so... Yeah, the, the Hague, and it... That kind of... That 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 hide and go clap thing, I think, is actually quite unique, though, because normally in a in a horror film you see, well, a supernatural horror film, you see a shadow run across a hallway or something, or staring at you out a window. But that game like was nail biting when you're yeah. watching it. So for then then to add in a cliche thing like a little kid in a little voice going, "Hey, do you want to play?" Do you know, it's just quite cliche. Yeah, but it, So essentially, was it the little boy that was playing hide and clap? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Playing with them. So there's one thing I forgot to mention before the whole basement scene took place and it was the scene between Nancy and the other daughter when they were in in bed and it was the second jolt so she wakes up and sees it she, is it behind the door and I just love that we don't see it I was looking for it thinking am I fucking missing no, something no you, you never see right. it and she's this Joey King gives such a good performance here because she's that, she's so scared and then the other daughter, I want to call her Nancy, but I don't know if I'm wrong or not. We'll just call her Nancy. Anyway. Yeah. So Nancy wakes up and sees how scared her sister is, gets out of bed and like walks over to the door and she's like, there's nothing there. And then the door slams shut and Joey King, Christine, who the character is, she's hysterical. The parents run in and she says, it spoke to me, it said it wants my family dead. And that really is terrifying. Yeah. And then Roger goes off on business, so he's not back for a couple of days, and that's when the basement scene happens. I did forget to put that in, but yeah. that's quite an important scene. So then we flip back to the another lecture by Ed and Lorraine Warren. So there, it, it, it looks more like a university lecturer. And what fucking course is this? Because I want to go on it. Yeah. It looks fantastic. I don't know whether it's more just a... Like a seminar. A seminar, yeah. Just... It, open for the public yeah and so you see carolyn in the back listening to them and then after the seminar we'll call it they're going out to the car and carolyn comes over to them and she's like i need i need your yeah, help you need them. to help me and ed is very reluctant to help us or at this point he's like you know it's getting late and carolyn's like no you're a mother you do you know you do anything to protect your family and Lorraine sort of takes pity on her and she she sees the fear in Carolyn's eyes, I think, and she's like, no, we need to... The problem is they must be so used to paranoid people who just call yeah. in and just say, oh, I think there's a ghost in my house and it's yeah. it's somewhat explainable or maybe it is a spirit but not a, a nasty one. Yeah, definitely. So they must get a lot of hoax calls, not purposely, but people thinking that they're being demonically possessed when 100%. they're not. 100%. And so, yeah, he must get a little bit tired of it and also he's protective over Lorraine because she's still recovering Yeah. from what happened at the exorcism which we don't find out but we do know now what it is and vera famiga is i think she's absolutely stellar in this role i know i talk a lot about patrick wilson how insanely gorgeous he is however vera famiga holds her own in this role and she just plays such a caring and likable like she's so likable in this role and she's fantastic and she walks in and she sort of meets the family and they're going through the house and they Roger's trying to explain what's going on so he talks about we get a really like we get a smell of like rotting meat in the house and it gets really strong and he says Ed's like well that's a sign of demonic activity they also go through I believe the three knocks and it's the father it's mocking the holy trinity isn't it the father the son the holy ghost see what I don't is it not the holy spirit what is the holy ghost the father the son the the father the son the holy ghost I'm sure it's Holy Let me just quickly fact check this and type it, I think Google. it's both, but I do think it's the Father, the Son, and the, the Holy Father, Ghost. The the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, there, there are one over the other, so okay. either or. Um, God, you just determined to fucking prove me wrong. No, you'd pick me up on something if I... I didn't. Pronounce, no, I'm saying if I pronounced a word wrong or something, you'd, you'd Excuse me, me. I was very supportive through Coochie Sack. Because I don't know Japanese. That's not <laughs> something I can be corrected on. <laughs> you could have Google translated it, but all right. Right, yeah, I'm going to to translate the whole fucking thing that was in Japanese. It's, it's, And when we played it back, it sounded similar. I wasn't miles off. It just made me laugh. I don't think I was that far off. You weren't, sorry. I'm sorry for bringing up so, such a touchy subject. Um, What I like what I like about this part, though, is I like that they're, they're pretty much convinced straight away that something supernatural, that something bad's happening. Yeah. Because I think there's nothing more frustrating than a film, even though sometimes it's needed. But when you know it's real... 
yeah, the family, well, the, the victims know it's real, but they're trying to convince someone else it's real. Yeah, and then nothing happens. Sometimes it can work, but other times it just feels so dra- like dragged out and you just think, for fuck's sake. So yeah. I'm I'm glad straight away it's like, yeah, we believe you, let's 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 get on the case well, and f- figure out what's happening. They, they sort of contradicted that in The Conjuring 2, though, didn't they? Because they the, believed the f- that Janet was putting it on yeah, and but, it was only when they were on the train going back that they were like, oh, shit, no, because they heard the voice on the tape and it was it, and bill the old guy was saying he won't let me go yeah and that's when they realized and so they did contradict that but i do like how they believe something's going on they lorraine and carolyn sort of take a tour of the house and lorraine picks up a picture and it's very poignant in this picture because it helps it helps them later on mm. and lorraine says um i think that must have been a beautiful day at the beach and carolyn says well how do you know we were at the beach because it's only like a blue sky there's no sea around them and she says she can sort of feel it and pick it up so we get lorraine is some sort of i don't know i want to call a psychic some sort of medium yeah she can feel things yeah i put it in that category so we get them going on this tour of the house and then lorraine goes outside to the it's sort of like it looks like a dock with a river sort of thing and she's standing there and as she's staring out at the view a face suddenly sort of drops a little bit and you get like a back thing you of hit, two feet you hear a rope yeah you hear a rope tightening tight and two feet hanging yeah and lorraine sort of like turns around and the fear on her face like, say vera for me goes smash this roll and ed comes up to her and she's like some ed something bad happened in this house and so they they do vow to help. We, does she not get? Does she not tell him that in the basement? No, I think she tells him it outside. Does she? I might think, be. I think it it's might in the basement because she starts like getting really shaky and stuff. Because that's where the nurse killed her son and then slit her own wrist. Wasn't yeah, it in the basement. Look, watch, look what she made And I think do. I think it all sums up in the final thing she goes in is a basement. And then, because she, she stood there, like in the pitch, well, it's dark, and he's like, "You okay?" And she's like, "Ed, something really bad." You are right. Yeah, because. Um, he simply holds her at that yeah. scene. I get the pic- I get. I just yeah. remember the video. Yeah. So anyway, they they decide they need to help them because something bad's happened in the house. So they even get a skeptic in to confirm the case. The police officer is the skeptic, and he's like, you know, I'd rather I could I'd rather take on a ghost than a criminal yeah. sort of thing. And he's making fun of it, and I quite like that they put that in as well. The... But I like it that they didn't make him a dickhead about it as well. Yeah, it? it was just a they general. Make him... He won't be in like sarcastic. It was. It wasn't. Like in in a, in paranormal films or demonic films, there's normally like a skeptic who just laughs at everything and thinks the over the top skeptic where they see something that is because even in the Conjuring two, is it the police are like what the fuck when they come around and all this chairs and that are being thrown yeah. about? Even that, I like it when it's like because if something happened like that to you in real life and you're a skeptic, your mind's instantly convinced yeah, because there's definitely. no explanation. I don't like it when they're over pushy about this person doesn't believe in yeah in the afterlife and. I really like how, and they do this really well in the second film as well with Janet's family. It's not just the spiritual and paranormal side that Ed and Lorraine help with. The sort of, they take over the role a little bit and try and get the family back to normal. So Ed's Ed's working on the Chevy when Roger takes the girls out for ice cream. They sit and have breakfast with the family and it's all really nice and... When Roger takes the kids out for ice cream and Ed's fixing the Chevy, Lorraine is doing the laundry for them. So Lorraine is hanging out the washing. Yeah. And Carolyn has gone for a rest because it's she's not sleeping very well. Yeah. And this is I like this scene as well. I, I like this scare. This is a good one. Yeah, I got this down. This one of my probably the favourite in the film. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it then, seeing as you're Well, it's just it's so simple because all all that happened is a bed sheet that the a storm starts brewing and the the clouds turn grey. Oh, middle of nowhere. So yeah, so you get the impression that this 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 is a strong force being able to do all this. Then a bed sheet flies off the washing line as Lorenzo out to unclip it, and it's just the, a figure of a like the it's like someone stood there and the the blankets hit them, yeah, and it's revealing their body shape, and that but then it just disappears and the, the blanket carries on, flies all the way up to the, the top window where the mum's bedroom is where she's resting. And you see the demon stood there just staring at her. And I, I've, I, even though it's cliche, I'm a fucking sucker for stuff like that. Like the woman in black when he stood outside, and he, he gets, because that's eerie creeping to me. And I think mm. that's my favourite type of, of scariness is something being eerie. Like when screams running through the house, it's eerie. Like it, I, yeah. it's not just a jump scare. It's like fucking elder yeah, ear. Like it's, it, it's creepy. Yeah. And 
yeah, so Lorraine automatically panics about Carolyn. She runs up the stairs. Carolyn is asleep and sort of like opens her eyes and like, the demon's like on yeah. the ceiling floating and she vomits into her mouth. Like We say it's vomit, but it looks like blood. It's yeah. the mucus of the possession, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's the possession taking place. So Carolyn comes out because Lorraine's like slamming on the door trying to get in and then she sort of comes out and she's really calm and she's like, oh no, it's okay. I was just really tired. And then Roger comes back with the girls. And so she says, oh, I think that's Roger with the kids. And she sort of excuses herself to leave. And then we get the conversation between Ed and Roger. And Roger sort of admits there, he was like, you know, I'm really glad that you believe us. He was like, even I was a little bit sceptical at first, but, you know, everybody's so frightened and I'm, I'm so scared for my family. And then Ed sort of reveals a little bit more and we get to find out that the exorcism that he did that they did took a lot out of Lorraine the last time and he's very scared for her because every time she lends herself to a pos- a possession or an exorcist, it takes a little bit of her yeah. away and he's scared that it's going to take the whole thing and, you know, he, he says, you know, I hope you understand that. So then everything goes downhill from there. As soon as she gets possessed, it gets a lot darker. Yeah. So they're in the night and the sceptic, I believe, is see something floating or walking past the kitchen and it's like in the laundry room and they're all like sheets hanging yeah, I'm not quite maid, sure yeah it's the maid isn't it yeah. yeah the maid peeks out from the sheets and says come here or something yeah or, or says why the... she and she's, she shows him her wrist yeah and she says look what she made me do yeah look what she made me do that's it and then the sceptic's shitting himself then the flashes start going off because they've set off equipment and whenever there's like activity passing through it it flashes up and so they had nothing the first night but then the second night Cindy is the the little the little girl not the little little girl but I think she's the second youngest yeah she's coming up the stairs and the camera's flashing and they're saying why is it flashing for because it's only supposed to detect like spiritual energy and Ed says it's not her they're flashing at yeah it's something that's following her and so she's walking upstairs and she goes back into the back to the wardrobe where they she she was last time when she was banging her head against it yeah and then she disappears like yeah, into there's thin a, there's air. A frantic look for everywhere. So they have to bring like this thing that detects like ectoplasm, U- like light. yeah, the UV yeah. light thing, and you can see like the footsteps going through and then stopping at the wardrobe. So he opens it up and crawls in, and it's in sort. She's like tucked into like the left hand side, yeah. And Rory was trying. I th- I think here because obviously Rory's not a demon. He's not. He was killed by his mother because of what Bathsheba yeah. made her do. So. Rory was maybe trying to help hide because he said, this is where I hide. Yeah, she said, this is where Rory always hides. Yeah. When he's scared. And, and she knows. So Lorraine goes in once they've got Cindy out and obviously made sure she's okay. You've got the little music box and Lorraine asks April if she can borrow it. And so she crawls into the space and puts... The, and there's like a little hexagon mm. where the music box was. And obviously, if the music box had been not been there for a long time it would have gathered dust yeah. and it would have been covered over so it's the idea that this has been freshly moved yeah. so it was like because april didn't go into the house and find it yeah it was like something had taken it off for her to yeah. have and so she places it and then ends up falling completely through to the bottom floor yeah, and she ends up in the basement. basement this was creepy not the maid so much because she's still holding the toy box and she winds yeah. it up doesn't she and she sees the maid this time well it's the mother i think i think yeah. this one's the mother and she says look what she made me do yeah, look what yeah. she made me do and it's in which one's this is it the knife yeah and she cut she cut her wrist didn't she no that was the maid wasn't it no they wrist. both did oh was it both yeah they both did but the maid the well the mother looking like she's the bigger woman she's got like makeup smeared down her face she looks absolutely well, these aren't these aren't demons they're just trapped spirits aren't they yeah they're yeah. not they're, they're not bad people you believe because no. in the second one you believed that this old guy was, was the, the was the demon but he wasn't he was just the same he was trapped he was a conduit yeah he yeah. was like he was being used wasn't he so lorraine sort of screams and then hides under the it's like a box it's like a a shelf sort yeah. of thing and she's sort of looking around trying to work out what's going on what's happening and then it's just like before the the feet just drop yeah and she's staring at him oh my god and it <laughs> that i thought this would affect you just as much as it affected me the idea of it like running up the stairs and something being behind you but it's like when she's crawling through that space and yeah. then the feet start following her along 
And she sort of runs out, but something pulls her back and they pull her back by the necklace. Yeah. And the necklace snaps and ends up hanging. And she runs back upstairs and she's shitting her pants, as you would be. Then they go back upstairs and they're all as a family together, obviously all panicking because all this activity has just happened all at once. And one of the girls' hair starts lifting, lifting slightly. Up, yeah, someone's grabbing it. And before you know it, she's ragged across the floor. She's ragged absolutely everywhere. They managed to get a hold of her. Then we sort of cut to the next morning and Lorraine is outside and she sees her own daughter yeah. under, the, like, under the water. And it's because the woman... Yeah. When she took the necklace, that was what connected her to her daughter, wasn't it? Yeah. So she was able to use her and manipulate her. And they have to go because they think that there's something not quite right. Yeah. So she's ringing a mum because a mum's looking after Judy. And then Annabelle just pops out of nowhere and fucking yeah. attacks Judy. Bless her. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know, it's quite a random scene in the film, but it was, it was a thought of... Uh, Lorraine and Ed don't just do this like it's not for them free will like they have repercussions as well when she said I think it was a warning it was kind of like a demon saying fucking back off or else yeah and I think I believe that um, the demon wasn't trying to kill their kid Judy, then yeah. it was a, an extra warning saying I fucking mean it like yeah. back the fuck I, off you're not and that just shows how good how good people Ed and Lorraine are to still go ahead with it yeah but then Lorraine also says because I was wondering this, so the the, the demon latches onto it. it shows in one of the one of the scenes where it flashes back to Lorraine when she was first introduced into the home. Yeah, and you can see the dark matter behind her. Yeah. Um. So I always thought, what's to stop a demon latching onto them two? But then I thought, are they just too powerful because they understand it all? They're not scared of it. They're not. They 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 they're self aware, so they can see when they're being oppressed or when they're being so and so. And they're very devout Christians as well. Yeah. So I thought. What's to stop them being possessed? But then Lorraine turns around and says, we have to do it for our sake as well. Yeah. So does that mean they, now they're involved with the demon, they have to get rid of it? Yeah, I mean, because then it can manipulate them and follow them. Maybe that could be why they could try and solve the case. So you, I think you're very right here. They, The demon was not trying to kill Judy because the, it's not... A, it's not just like a coincidence that Ed managed to get the door open in yeah. time because as soon as he grabbed her, that chair flung across the room. It was a near room. miss. It was like, look what I could do so easily. Yeah. So basically, fuck off. Look, yeah. These humans are mine now. Yeah. But what I didn't understand, so this is something that I'm not quite sure of. Was Bathsheba combing the doll's hair or was it Annabelle? Was not it Because sure. Annabelle Higgins looks... I don't, know, I, think, I don't think it's Annabelle Higgins. It might be. I know it's definitely Annabelle. She looks like she did in the film annabelle mm. the the character before she died and got latched onto the doll so i don't know whether it's her or not i'd have to check properly but that'd be quite a little good thing to feature a good little easter egg for the film coming up later i've just thought i'd love to fucking interview a demon like i'd love to find out because i always thought a deep well the, the cliche of a demon's motive to is to possess a human and cause as much pain and agony and suffering to yeah it's but cause they, trouble but, isn't it but this demon's motive is to possess someone get them to kill the set the kids and then themselves. themselves so it's back to square one it's got to possess someone again but it's a sport of possessing what does it it's like hunting for them it's like i love yeah. the, the i love the the layers to a possession i love the scaring and then i love getting them weak and then i love taking them over then ruining the lives and then starting all again so i'd love to know which yeah. which is which because it in some films it makes it sound like all they want is a possession they want to be in a human vessel again um, but then this one's so willingly ready to give it up straight away as soon as it's taken over. Well, the backstory of Bathsheba, wasn't it? We were we were led into it very briefly. She was sort of a witch who... A satanist. A satanist yeah. who like pronounced herself to the devil and killed her own child, then killed herself. And so it sort of like placed a curse yeah. on the house, didn't it? And all that lived there. So that, yeah, it could relate to that. There's It reminded me of... Um, I don't know if you ever read it. It's not maybe something you'd read, but it was on Reddit. And it was a few good few years ago, but I think it's still on there now. And there was a girl with schizophrenia. And she had three different personalities living like ordered like vision visual hallucinations and auditory hallucinations. And there was a little girl, which was like the baby version of her. There was a really moody and sulky teenager, and one was called Demon. 
and she did a live Q&A and people were asking the three different hallucinations questions and she was answering as it and like saying, oh, demon would do this. And it was insane. Yeah. It was so good. And I think that's the closest sort of thing we're going to get to it, even though it's obviously a figment of the mental disorder she has. It's the idea that she's still... There's, there's that thing out there and that yeah. was really interesting I'll have to see if I can find it somewhere because it was a really good read so then after all this has taken place we're still at night the parents have moved house very temporarily they're staying in like a motel overnight because it got too much but Carolyn is taking Cindy and April back I know it's not Cindy it's Christine sorry Christine and April back to the house and this this scared me and I don't think it's intentionally meant to scare you but when they're asking where are we going her face as yeah. she's driving she's just a it's a blank stare yeah. it's it's it really haunts me and I do like the actress she played in Haunting of Hill an American House. Haunting no right. I think it's an American Haunting she played in but it was really good whatever she, whatever it was I can't remember what it was it's quite a famous ghost film it's got Liam Neeson in it as well you know yeah. an action with him in it yeah Jesus. But it's that one, but it's uh, it's a pretty good one from what I remember. So they they drive back to the house and she's trying to kill them because that fulfills Bathsheba's purpose to kill the child. Why she killed two, I'm not quite sure. Why the, Christine was involved, I'm not... Maybe it's just... It, I think this is just left so open. I don't think it's a purposely done thing, but it could be the fact that uh, Lorraine just fucking pissed her, pissed her demon off so it wanted to fucking double her over. Maybe yeah. maybe, the, maybe the intention was to not kill both of them, one of them to witness the mum killing the, the daughter. Yeah, there's, that could be. There's endless possibilities as to what it could have been. Yeah, if you're completely right, actually, that's that makes a good point. So, <laughs> Ed and Lorraine race back to the house because Roger rings them and says, Carolyn's gone with uh, Christine and April. She's taken the kids. And Lorraine pieces it together. And she's like, she's taking them back to the house. She's going to kill them. I was quite surprised that Lorraine didn't notice that that scene with the bed sheet that she thought, fuck, someone's has gone on here. Like, yeah. Because they know the stages. They they can the see she's, physic she's physically getting possessed. stabbed. Yeah, it looks like a body's being stabbed Definitely. and she's being possessed. So I, you'd have thought that I've had suspicion straight away. Like, But then again, could you ever have the balls to take a mother away from the kids because you think that she's possessed? I mean, because how does that stand with child services? <laughs> yeah, because ultimately the, the, the demon can easily portray being... The woman, yeah, she can let the and nice side no. out and say, "Yeah, yeah it's, you're wrong. Happened. Like you can't take my kids off me." So, see both sides. Yeah, so they race back to the house, and Ed and Lorraine manage to get hold of Carolyn. Uh, April runs off because Carolyn's trying to stab April with a pair of scissors. Yeah, so they run off. Um, April ends up going under the table and under the floorboards. She yeah, she ends up there high. where yeah, and Christine ends up in the car. So. All these birds start circling Christine and like flying through the windows and everything like that and it's fucking shit scary. And then they're all hunting for April whilst Ed and Lorraine are trying to deal with and so, and the skeptic as well are trying to deal it, with Carolyn. It's such a good strong uh, such a good strong ending to the film, I think. From from the moment where she realizes that she's taken the kids away, uh, taking the kids back to the house. Yeah. Everything's just so a hundred miles an hour and in a There's rush no and a panic. To breathe. And you're there like fucking hell, like shit, shit, like when they're all looking for the kids and and they're the, 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 the do, the doing the, the uh, exorcism, it, it is fucking scary. It's, it's a very very good end to the film, probably more so than Insidious personally because I think once once in the demons layer and then the further like you said it gets a bit yeah it gets a bit overwhelming. I, yeah, I won't say I won't say um, silly but silly but overwhelming surreal, yeah. like it's too because much. You suddenly introduced this whole other side. Yeah. Of the, by the oh, way, yeah. further everybody's fucking living there who's dead. We're all good. Yeah. I know. But yeah, I love though how throughout all the film, Ed's been like really humble and is like, no, I've uh, I've never done an exorcist because you have to be a trained professional and it's uh, you know it's a really important mm. job. And then he's like, right, fuck it, let's just let's just do an exorcism. Well, we haven't got much of a choice. It's a do or die moment, isn't it? So he starts reciting from the Bible. He starts like doing all the shit and you know what? Big props to whoever played Carolyn, and I feel really bad that I never got a name. Because she played an incredible role. Which one's here. Carolyn? The mother. Right. She yeah. was. Oh, she was. In, I, I can't she even did, say she how amazing really she was. So they were. You know, they're in the exorcism. She's buried in sort of like a sheet. She ends up tearing a chunk out of the police guy's neck. She, 
it, it's as I say it's 100 miles an hour the chair's going upside down and then drops and she starts showing through the uh like the sheets that the sheets get torn and you see you don't see carolyn anymore you just see bathsheba yeah and they the guy manages to find april under the floorboard bit and he's like oh she's on I, I know she's she's under here i found her and you just see a face change. See, I, I love this because it's something that, it's not like a dumb fucking mistake. You would shout, I found her, she's here. Because everyone, he, as far as he knows, people are still panicking, looking around, like trying to find uh, the girl. So like, it, like, it's one of them things where in your head when it happens, you're like, oh fuck. Like you see everyone else's faces turn and the, all the, the actors and that, well, the characters are like, shit. And I'm, I'm laid there like, shit. Yeah. Like the no, the, the, the demon knows. It's the, it's the look of, murder yeah on her face and it is quite scary and she manages to get away from everyone and is chasing after april and so she manages to get hold of april and ed says bathsheba i send you back to hell and that's when she starts struggling and i like how they kept up with that in the conjuring too because it was the idea of you have to know a demon's name I, I put here, because he, yeah, he says, I condemn you back to hell. That reminded me of smile, you son of a bitch, of Jaws. It's like, <laughs> that, final, it's like that final line, isn't it, just to get rid of him. Yeah. But even then, that wasn't enough. It, was, it ultimately needed the power of the mother to, to, bring to, to bring her back, which is actually quite a powerful scene. I, I really enjoyed it. The fact that she's, she's thinking of her kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And, it's, it's, and, it's, and it's Lorraine helps that. Yeah. Lorraine, she, she, like, she like holds her head, doesn't she? She says... You've got to fight this. Yeah. Remember, remember that day at the beach. And she uses her mind. She uses the picture of the image she got of them at the beach to project a memory to Carolyn. And she's like, look how happy you were. You don't want to do this. They're your children. And Carolyn fights back. And in the end, she just starts sobbing. She just absolutely breaks. And at this point, I just love how it's like, it's all right, kids. Not possessed anymore. Yeah. Hug me. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... I really enjoyed the ending. I, th I think it was. I, I think it was a satisfying nice ending. ending. Um, and what the the final final thing that happens um, is the the back at home and they get a call about Long Island and like yeah we'll go see it. And that 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 had such a it was such a small bit like small last liner, but it adds it gave me a lot to thought about because for them it's just same shit different day. Yeah. It's just this is same our job shit of, new demon like, because after that film like you'd be watching it especially for the first time like like relieved it's finished and then but they're like yeah we've got another case to go to and well you just i think fucking hell i really liked your reaction to the end because it was when we're just seen in the he puts the little musical box down and you you very rightly said this like was it the music box that released Bathsheba. Yeah. What was it what, that what released was it attached her? To? Because it wasn't attached to the house. Because it, it. It was more Rory, wasn't it? But mm. Rory was good. But maybe April found maybe it because it was Bathsheba a, wanted her to find it. Maybe it was a land that there was on. Um, like yeah, it's never. It's never like Annabelle. It's solely focused on the yeah, doll. That the, the doll. toy was just a toy in that film. Like it was. It yeah. was part of the plot, but not really a significant part. Yeah. But I think why would Rory want her to know about? Would have wanted to know april to know about all this and introduced to it so maybe bathsheba was the one that moved the music box so that april could find it and that's what started turning everything possibly yeah i feel like that's the only reasonable explanation you could have for wanting to take the music box with you do you know what i mean yeah so it starts playing by itself and it twirls around and you went if this gives me a fucking jump scare this is i'm gonna lose all respect for this movie yeah, because it and did, it didn't yeah because it didn't need to it's it was very the film's unsettling. Yeah, it was an unsettling it was just, ending. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so I really liked that it didn't jump scare either. Yeah. And it was it was it, a perfect. It doesn't ending. need to because it did such a good job throughout the film. It didn't need to. Definitely, and we needed we need a bit scare. of relief. Yeah. Dog's dead. Mum tried to kill the kids. You know, it's it's just not. We needed that relief at the end, and that's the movie. So behind the scene facts. Here let's, we go. go Are you ready to redeem yourself box after the office. shit storm that you did last week? What do you mean, shit star? You were complete. You were well out. Yeah, but I don't fucking like it. So. Yeah, I know, but that don't mean that. You... I know it's it's a guessing game. I don't bloody know, do I? Right. So. You do realise if you ever actually get one of these right, I'm like you fucking researched it before. We I did promise you, I'm I'm honestly not. not okay, that so into what was it. the budget? Twenty-five million. Twenty million. You were very close. Oh. You were. That's the closest you've been. Yeah. That was very. Except close. from when you got Scream, it when on. I got it bang on. That was yeah. pretty good. What did it gross in the box office? 130 million. No, 319.5 million. Fucking hell. It I'm was... in the wrong fucking trade. <laughs> Jesus. Why? What would you do? 
fucking be a director or something. Just fucking... You don't, you don't have the patience Some profit it. margin, that, for fuck's but sake. But with your knowledge of horror films, I feel like you could create a proper good horror film if given the chance. I, I don't know. I don't, Look I, at I you getting sheepish I now. I wouldn't trust like, myself. Oh. No, I think you'd do a good ending, if anything. Yeah, I'm, I have faith in you all. So Maybe one day. It was the ninth. I believe it was 2015 this was brought out, and I'm not... No, sorry, 2013, I think. But I could be very wrong on that. But it was the 19th highest grossing film that year out of all films. That's out so of all So not just horror, yeah. it was the highest, 13th highest grossing, which was cool. So here's my behind the scenes facts. So eight generations of families lived and died in the house that actually was haunted, including two documented suicides, a poisoning death, the rape and murder of an 11 year old, two drownings and four men freezing to death. Most deaths happened to the Arnold family from which Bathsheba Sherman, the demon in the thing, descended from. Fucking hell. So it, there was a little bit of like intrigue there. It, I know it was like loosely based on mm. a true story, but still, still happened. After the movie was shown in the Philippines, some cinemas actually hired Catholic priests to bless the film because so many people had reported a negative presence with them after watching it. So mm. they got to bless the film in the Philippines. The Warrens also investigated the Amityville case, so that was probably the most famous case yeah. ever known in demonic activity. Patrick Wilson and Vera Famiga travelled to Connecticut prior to the actual filming of The Conjuring to meet Lorraine Warren, right. real Lorraine Warren, and apparently she was lovely. Uh-huh. Um, Ed had died at that point, uh-huh. so she was on her own, but, you know, I had a bit of a dick anyway. <laughs> got, a t- got a teenager pregnant disgraceful um rhode island does not require home sellers to disclose criminal activity that's why the parents weren't aware of their haunting to begin with because right. they didn't have to tell them about any of the murders any of the deaths well, they they didn't have to disclose I'm, sure, it. I'm sure if you ask it you have to tell them it you doesn't disclose lie. it in the rhode island it probably changed now yeah oh yeah I but back then in the 70s nope. okay, no. so that's why they weren't aware about it James Wan had adopted... I don't know if it's Wan or Wan. James Wan? James Wan? Whatever. Had adopted a new puppy whilst working on the film. He was working on the script one night and the puppy started to growl aggressively in the kitchen before its head followed something and he couldn't work out what it was. Mm. And it kept growling at it. Andrea Perrin wrote a novel. It was a three-part book, to be fair, and it's a lot, called House of Darkness, House of Light. And it was based on the case. So mm. it was the actual. It was an actual family member of the Perrin family who wrote this. It's really mm. good. I've read it. I've read the first one. I've not read the other two. In the original case, Ed and Lorraine Warren were kicked out of the house as they weren't able to help the Perrins. So they didn't. They didn't do a lot of great. The Warrens. Yeah. It, this is what upsets me because I just wanted them to be like that so much. Yeah. But nobody's like that yeah, in the real it's not world. Real life, is it? So then, also the last one I've got is Lorraine cameos the real Lorraine Warren in the front row of the classroom when Carolyn is listening to the Warren's presentation so she's at the front that's cool so she's actually in the film little easter egg yeah and those are my fun facts so we've got my would you rather and then <sighs> I'm interested I forgot what it was so would you it's a bit of a the the it's a bit of a cheap would you rather and the fact it's would you rather do this I'll just not yeah but it's a it's an in-depth one to think about because you want to be Lorraine so bad so would... I don't want to be her I just want I just want Patrick Wilson Oliver would you rather be able to see entities like Lorraine or not have that ability and be completely oblivious to them. So essentially as we are now. Right, okay. Can I ask a condition of this question? So would I suddenly develop the ability to do it or would I have been born with it? No, you suddenly develop it now. No. No? I'm too scared. I've seen too many horror films and I'm too freaked out at the thought. I'd also go with no because I think once you've got that responsibility, you, you must... Like if you if you walk down the street now, right, and saw a a person about to mug someone or stab someone from behind, you go whoa and shout yeah. and let them know. You'd warn them and you try and help them. Could you turn your blind eye every day if you saw a demon, a, a demon that's 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 attaching onto someone? Could you turn a blind eye and be no. like, oh, it's got nothing to do with me? No. You couldn't. So you'd be guilty. And it's the theory of does the demon know that you can see it? I'd say yeah because I think that's why Lorraine and that don't get like the demons in the film have a relationship with Lorraine and Ed like I know you exist you know I exist like so you, keep it you yeah quiet. you 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 keep out of my business I'll keep out of yours and that's we'll why when do... that's why when Lorraine and Ed got involved with it it was one of them saying I'll fucking I'll fuck yeah. with you if you fuck with me Go kind to of the thing. Winchester. 
Go on, got it, got it. I wish I thought about Lyessa because that's actually quite an interest. Like the demons in Lorraine and Edda on a bit of a fucking need to know basis. Like, yeah. you don't tread on my territory, I won't tread, I on, won't yours. tread on yours. Yeah, so yeah, so would you rather? Yeah, so as I say, if I was born with it, it might be a different circumstance because you've, you'd, 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 you'd be never known different. Yeah. So you'd get used to it. And if you've got that sort of personality about you that you want to help people, like Ed and Lorraine do in the film, then it's, it's sort of like the perfect yeah. job for them. But... By the same count, if I had just suddenly got the ability, no, because I'm too scared. I'm an actual fucking coward. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. So it's time for the 13-day spooky countdown. I mean, we're past Halloween now, so it's sort of like, My past turn, it. isn't it? You open yeah, Pennywise. I open Pennywise. So what is in the box? Are we on four? No, yeah, five. five, I think. Five's a good number. I always open it the wrong fucking way around. Oh, for fuck's oh, sake. Oh, God, that's sharp. Jesus Christ. That's the blood of a demon spilt now. There's Whatever's no... in there is going to oppress you. I think there's something in there, man. Well, obviously there's a Right, don't look, don't look, because you don't want to spoil it for yourself. You're looking. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Lost <gasps> Boys. Yes! Yes, Lost yes! Boys. I, like I love Lost this Boys. film. I wasn't expecting that to be in there. I knew it was in there because I saw somebody had... Some twat on Instagram had posted the entire 13 lineup, and I was like, Thanks for spoiling it for everyone now. I'm happy with Lost Boys. I watched it. Yeah, I love Lost ago, Boys. To be I, I love the soundtrack. Well. Yeah, it's a cracking soundtrack. soundtrack. So that'll be out a week today. No, a week for us recording today. It'll be out Monday for you. Yes, it'll be out Monday for you guys. And also, I will be doing a Reddit's best of spooky stories. I think that's oh, what I'm going to doing? do with my Thursday slot this time. Nice. So, so I look forward to that. That's that then. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Bye.